The Soul and the Sun are at the Smiling Buddha in Toronto, and the antidote is meeting with Alex McGrath. Alex, this is great. Great meeting you too. Right now, you're on a big tour with From Indian Lakes. Some artists are really more studio-oriented. Other guys, they just take the stage, and that's where they really hit home. What about you guys? What about touring versus studio? Well, we love both worlds. Um, they take up separate places in my mind um, in terms of what it takes to have a really impressive live show versus a really impressive studio album. I've thought of us as a live band. I've thought that that's really where we're most impressive is the live show um, because it's really hard to capture that experience on an album. But this last album we put out and new stuff we're working on We've been developing the studio side of things a little bit more, and that's really exciting. I love how The Soul and the Sun describes your music as being experiential, spiritual, folk rock, New Mexican space music. <laughs> I mean, that's quite a label. You kind of explain that. Yeah, the experiential part sort of came from the idea that when you go to a show... It's never going to be the same twice. Like, even if we played the songs exactly the same every night, which we never do, then the venue would be different, the people would be different, um, and just, like, the energy of the room and the atmosphere would vary so much from show to show. So we kind of just wanted to embrace that. So that's where the experiential part. Mm -hmm. And it's also kind of close to experimental, and so those two are tied together a little bit. Um, we kind of want to embrace that side of our writing process and everything, the experimental side. And the space rock? Yeah. So the New Mexican thing, it's pretty weird and kind of funny that, that it's still attached to the band after all these years because it, it was really just a joke. And also just kind of because it's hard to come up with ways to describe your own music. Um, so we used to use the New Mexican state flag symbol, the Zia, as our a symbol for the band. It's a sun. So that's where the New Mexican thing came from. And the space music came from one of our friend's dads at one of our first shows ever came up to us afterwards and said that it reminded him of space music which we found out later after Googling it, that it's a real genre of music that we don't actually sound anything like. But we thought it was funny. Somebody <laughs> thought you were space rock, so why not go with that? Yeah, they, they might be right. But the New Mexico part's pretty strange because you guys are out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. We are. We're all from Michigan. Polar opposite, at least in regards to the United States. Yeah. You know, what's weird is... That was never really meant to very accurately describe the music, but people have said that after seeing us that it makes sense for some reason, even though it's never really made sense to me. Well, just a moment ago, you brought up, you know, the early days of the band. Well, the song on the Sun started out as a two-piece back in 08. Yeah. I mean, your sound had to be totally different back then because now you're up to seven members. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just me and Benjamin, who's now playing drums, and we would do a lot of looping guitars, looping keyboards, and then we had things tied to 
our body parts and we would <laughs> we had to at least be doing two things at once um most of the time trying to do like three things at once what we were trying to do is fill up as much space with two people as we possibly could um but then we realized that was cool and sometimes we still reminisce about how fun that was just being a two-piece but we had bigger musical ideas for the songs so it made sense to start bringing in other members I can't imagine what the songwriting process is like having seven members. Is it all just chaos or does somebody take control of the arranging? It can be chaotic at times, um, especially early on in the formation of a song. But generally, I bring an idea, a chord progression, or a melody. Sometimes that's all it is, is just as simple as that, a chord progression and a melody, and then we just play it over and over again as a band until new things start to rise up out of that. But it can definitely be chaos. And sometimes it's hard, especially if it's taking a while for things to catch on. Then sometimes we just have to let it rest and play a song that we know really well. So then we feel good about ourselves again. What about the songwriting process for your latest album, Meridian? Like you brought that out last year. Really, I don't want to say that you've got a new sound but it really is different from What Wonder Is This Universe and Wake Up Child. Yeah, it feels different to me. Um, Maybe a little smoother, a little more polished. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a big part of that is that that was our first time recording um, in a studio. Our first two albums were done. We just did it at home um, with very primitive resources. And time, too, actually was pretty limited. Not doing garage band. <laughs> Close. Uh, a, a very basic understanding of logic. So the first two albums were done like that, and then this third one, Meridian, we did it in a studio in Chicago with some good friends of ours there called Audio Tree. That had a big influence, the outcome for sure. I was surprised to discover that because Audio Tree, I mean, all I knew them from was them doing in studio broadcast of like a concert. Mm hmm. So that was unusual when I found that you guys had actually hooked up with them. Yeah, because we did a session with them, one of their studio sessions. Which are uh, fabulous. Yeah, they're they great. They do a really great job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like top-notch quality and everything. Yeah, they have a really good crew. Um, and we kind of hit it off. That was uh, when they were first starting out, too. So we just stayed in touch and built a good relationship with them and we're good friends now and so it made sense to collaborate you guys seem to buck the trend of a lot of artists now a lot of guys are going to a really stripped down sound you guys are totally the other way around you've got all this multiple layering of instruments and of course obviously with having seven members why use that direction um i guess that's just kind of what feels right for us that's the kind of thing that is inspiring to me, too, as a songwriter. Mm -hmm. um, and also having the perspective of us as a live band, that that's sort of been our mindset since the beginning, is to just have a, a high-energy show and just want it to be as powerful of an experience as possible. And so that's where a lot of uh, direction comes from. Also with your music, The Soul and the Sun often includes a spiritual aspect. Is there a specific message you're trying to get across in your music? No, I think maybe just we're searching, so 
I, I write the lyrics and they're just kind of about me, I guess, you know, in a way, like, or they're at least from my perspective. And that, and then so that's a big part of like what I think about and consumes my thoughts. I'm certainly finding that a meridian. You know, this is what the spiritual basis, but you choose some unusual topics. Some, I mean, as a, you know, I mean, a fallen angel, Sundar Singh, Indian Christian missionary. And I can't even pronounce this one. <laughs> oh. Which one is it? O I K E T E. I'm bringing up the topic, so you got to say yeah, the name. The name is Oiketarian. Oiketarian. At least Thank that's you. how we pronounce it. Okay. <laughs> and we hope that's right. That's how the, the Google Voice pronounced it, so. Sounds good, because Google knows all. <laughs> I think so. You know, between Google and Wikipedia. I think they're listening right now. <laughs> but you did choose those topics. That's pretty wide-ranging. Yeah. I don't think Meridian has a very cohesive line to it, really. I think the songs are individually about really diverse content. That was just kind of the way it happened. Um We've never written songs with an album in mind, which is actually something that I think we might try to do next, maybe, um, is try to write with a, like an end goal in mind more. Because at mm -hmm. this point, we've only just been writing song by song and kind of just doing whatever we feel like each song wants to do or whatever it wants to be. So they end up being pretty different from each other once you get seven people's voices all in there. So yeah. We try to tie them together still, but yeah, even lyrically, it covers a pretty wide range of thoughts. Also, because of time, some of the songs are actually pretty old, and we kind of resurrected them, to use a word on this Easter Sunday that might <laughs> be fitting. Um, we used to play a chord progression a few years ago, and then we kind of brought it back and put lyrics to it. Um, there's a pretty large amount of time in between all these songs. And then they all got thrown into an album together, and we kind of tried to tie them together sonically. They kind of each stand alone as their own piece, I guess, more so, than a cohesive album. Well, let's pull up that one song, Sundar Singh. How did you even ever find out about this fellow? Um, yeah, my wife Ashley, who's in the band, her sister Emily had a book that was about him, and I, I just picked it up and started reading it, and I was really fascinated by him, so... Um, that's how that song kind of happened. We'll just pull up one other song, Samyaza, Fallen Angel. Yeah, I'm interested in that concept. There's a lot of mythology and interesting historical aspects to a lot of these stories. I'm still fascinated by that. Being interested in that stuff led me to reading the Book of Enoch. I guess it would be extra biblical text. It's not canonized. It's a really interesting story in there. Even media-wise, this whole topic came up in the movie Noah with Russell Crowe. It did, yeah. Because you and, got the keeper. Well, see, I was so disappointed because I wrote that song before the movie came out, but they use him as one of the main characters. But Fallen we know that you're more brilliant. It's cut in stone. But the song wasn't put out before. The movie came out first. But now the rest of the planet knows because we're airing this. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the studio, radically different, you find from doing it the do-it-yourself method. You would have had a producer engineer. Yeah, we worked with an engineer and he also helped produce it a lot. 
Rick Fritz. He's brilliant. He's really good at what he does. The guy's been around for decades. He's been, yeah, he's been around. He's done, worked on a lot of really cool stuff. So we're pretty fortunate to work with him. He, he works with Audio Tree too. He does a lot of their sessions. Yeah, that really influenced the outcome. Honestly, it was kind of overwhelming because the possibilities go from, you know, like, which mic should we use? This one or this one? We have two. <laughs> you know, for, like, doing it ourselves to, like, us talking to Rick and saying we want it to kind of sound like this. And then he's like, okay, here's ten different ways that you can achieve that. And since mm. it was all new to us, it was just kind of like a guessing game, really. It's on our end, with Rick as our guide. Um, and he definitely helped out a lot with that. Yeah, like, we wouldn't have been able to pull it off without him. I'd always wonder about that with being a band that's done it DIY. You know, you go in with a producer, if you don't start to feel as if you could lose control of your creativity. Yeah, I definitely didn't feel like that with Rick. He wants it to be our own thing. And so he would speak up when he needed to, or when a decision needed to be made. He would kind of help point us in the right direction. But we had we did have a lot of freedom, too. And yeah, there was a lot of room for creativity and exploration in the studio. Meridian, what a crazy long recording. I mean, it's mm. almost an hour and a quarter. Like, what were you guys thinking? <laughs> we weren't really, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I guess we weren't really thinking. We were just kind of doing it. But like I mentioned earlier, we didn't really have an end goal in mind. Mm -hmm. So that's why some of the songs are really long. Um, that's why the album is pretty long. Uh, we weren't thinking we need to, like, get these songs tightened up for radio or, like, um, even though it's hard to do this, I try to not think about what people are going to think about it and just do what we want to do as a band and try to keep that as the top priority over how is this going to be perceived by listeners. And I don't know if that's kind of, like, self-indulgent or if that is a negative quality of a band but we do try to kind of keep it about like what we want to do and this is the first album that people are listening to more than we expected than just like the people that are in our close circle um so those kind of thoughts and questions are coming up more mm -hmm. like it's a really long album or like some of these songs are really long or yeah questions like that so it has definitely opened up a new aspect of why we do what we do. We're a little bit more aware of that now than before we wrote it. I've asked this question of other artists. What is a song or and a story better told in a longer format? Yeah, sometimes. But something that's short by design can be more impactful too, depending on the desired outcome of the artist. Why don't you plug your band? How do we find the Song in the Sun online? How do you pick up Meridian? How do we get your old releases? Um, all of our albums are available through our website, which is actually just connected to a Bandcamp page. It's thesoilandthesun.com. Under the Music tab there, you can click on links to find all of our albums, and you can listen to them online for free, so then you don't have to waste... $10 on it if you don't like it. 
Yeah. But you do want people to waste <laughs> that ten dollars. Absolutely. <laughs> I think so. If they if they like it, you know, then they should they should buy the vinyl or something. So what's next for the Soil in the Sun? You got any predictions? Um. Well, we started working on new songs. We spent a week just writing recently, and that was really fun. That was great. We got a lot done. So we're working on new songs. Um, we're trying to have something finished before 2020. <laughs> no, maybe by so the end you're of the rushing, year. <laughs> you're putting it on the fast track, you're saying. Yeah, we're just going to crank it out. Uh, well, maybe by, maybe by the end of the year, we'll have another something for people to listen to. Listen, Alex, thanks for meeting with The Antidote, and thanks for putting up with all my inane questions. It was easy. Thanks for (laughs) having me. I hope I didn't uh, blabber too much. Thank you.